Hi, welcome to the Graduate Teacher Learning Series podcast channel. I'm Ben and I will be hosting this session. In this podcast series, we will be talking to graduate teachers, mentors and experts about a variety of different topics that relate to each edition's framing question. We will also get the graduates and mentors to share some reflections on their practices that may assist you in yours. In each podcast, the graduates and mentors will be asked the same questions, so you can hear the different perspectives on each topic. Okay, so sit back and relax, and let's get into this edition of the Graduate Teacher Learning Series podcast, talking to a graduate teacher. Who are you and where do you work? Hi, my name is Agata Javasi and I work at Flemington Primary School. Um, I'm the wellbeing lead here, so I work with lots of different children and teachers and I also mentor Emily in the foundation team. In this first section of the podcast, our discussion will focus on the framing questions for this edition. What do you think makes a great teacher? Well, I think that you need to have a lot of enthusiasm and be very passionate for your job. Um, I also think that you have to be relatable to your students, um, but also your parents, other teachers that you're working with, and the services in the same field. So we're looking at psychs, social workers, um, speech therapists, um, building relationships with others and be approachable by others, I think is really important. I think it's really important to be genuine and honest with everybody. Um, it's a great quality. And you do need to be able to think of on your feet and have really good problem-solving skills. Um, a good listener because kids want to talk to you all the time, teachers, parents... Um, and, of course, it's going to be really helpful to have good organisational skills as well to make it throughout your day. What do you think an effective leader is and how has it impacted on your development throughout the year? So my job as, a, as the welfare lead involves a lot of listening to others and... Um, I'm listening to other teachers, I'm listening to the people in my team, in the leadership team, and I think to be effective, I need to have really good listening skills and guide others to um, make improvements and change. An effective leader shows confidence and are, are prepared to take risks and challenge situations. So that happens a lot in my role as a leader. I aren't afraid to challenge situations. Um, sometimes that's not necessarily um, a good thing. It doesn't have a great reaction, but I have to be prepared to take those risks. And um, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Um, I've had to really listen to others and show understanding of their concerns. I've had to make time for the students, the teachers, the parents I work with and continually think of ways I can be supportive. Sometimes this means doing a lot and other times it means doing little. So if I'm mentoring um, Emily, I can give her a lot of support 
in the areas that she needs it and then sometimes I'll back off and just let her go. I'm constantly using my problem-solving skills and trial and error to see change and I use what others already know along with my expertise to make improvements because as a leader, I'm also learning from others. So, you know, Emily, as a graduate teacher, is also teaching me a lot and I can put that um, into place to help myself as a leader. What opportunities have you had to explore leadership? Is this an area you can see yourself developing in in the long-term future? Well, I've been really fortunate in gaining opportunities to further my career in a direction that I really enjoy. Um, I've attended many professional development development days in um, areas that I'm interested in and also in the areas um, associated with our annual implementation plan and be able to um, come back and share what I've learned. Um, I've had I've been able to present at many staff meetings and curriculum days. Um, in my leadership role. I've held many information nights. I've worked with many collaborative teams and learnt from others and then applied for positions once I have felt confident to take a risk. Um, I now feel confident to take risks and apply for positions. Um, I feel that I've built up my skills, so I'm in a really good place where I've, I've built up my skills and I can lead others. Inclusive classrooms are an important element of today's teaching practice. How do you embrace the concept of an inclusive classroom in your teaching practice? Well, as the wellbeing lead, I encourage others to always consider the diverse needs and backgrounds of all students. It is important to acknowledge the different factors that contribute to our students' social learning and behaviour. In this way, we should create a, a learning environment where all students feel safe and can learn. So when I visit classrooms or when I'm working with teachers, um, I encourage um, modification of the curriculum um, or even of um, some of the resources that we use to make sure that every child feels safe and is able to access the curriculum. Um, And I I particularly... um, want teachers to know and understand that our students come from a variety of backgrounds. So I'm not just talking about cultural backgrounds, but their um, home environments are quite diverse at our school and we need to have um, an understanding of um, our our students. I think that that's really important and be able to um, make our classrooms inclusive. What advice do you have for graduates out there? Well, I think it's really important that we find out as much about our students as we can every day. So um, every day, ask your students questions, 
um, so that you can have something that you have learned from each child, something personal, something that you can relate to, something that you can have a conversation with. If you can remember that they've got a pet, mention the pet. If you can remember that they went away for the weekend, then on the Monday, ask them about their weekend. So always try and find out something about the student and the family every day. Um, speaking of the, the family, I think uh, some advice that I would give is try and get on side with the parents because parents can be really tough. And if you can have a great relationship with your parents and they can see that you are genuine with um, caring for their child, it's, it will make your year a lot easier. Um We do a lot um, what we call the six to one, and that means the six to one positives. If you can try throughout your day to give your students some six positives, six acknowledgements throughout their day, um, it is difficult to do, but sometimes we tend to focus on the negatives or they stand out to us more. But if you can go in with an um, open mindset every session and start fresh and um, get those positives in, you will see the difference in your students. And then you can have the high expectations that come with that because once a child gets those positives, once the child sees that you care, the success and the rewards just start coming in. What are your time management tips? Okay. This is a tricky one, time management. Um, You need to prioritise because sometimes you have a very long list of things to do and uh, you have to be able to prioritise as to what's important, what can wait till after play, what can wait till the next day, what can wait till the next week, what cannot wait. So you do need to be able to prioritise your work. With that comes being organised. So, you know, have your planning ready Um, have your planner photocopied and sitting there and go over it, read through it, uh, ready for the day or ready for the following week. Um, Have your photocopies already done, so be really organised, you know, do your research, um, put in your ideas, um, it's going to be really helpful. I think um, I always make a list, I make a plan and um, what I do is the list keeps growing But it also, I cross off the list as I, um, you know, um, am able to do things. So the list will be never ending and sometimes things stay on the list for a long time, but things do come off the list. Um, It doesn't doesn't mean that the list is necessarily going to get shorter though uh, because things always come on. Um, And sometimes... You just have to say no. You have to say no to what others want. You have to sometimes say no to an email. So, you know, not look at your email until the following day. Sometimes there's a phone call and you just have to say no because um, you just can't deal with that. It's not a priority at that moment. And I think you always need to be prepared to ask for help. If you ask for help you will get it. 
Um, sometimes it's not straight away, but then make an appointment, um, depending on who you ask for help for, um, and that will make your life a lot easier. What department resources have you found to be particularly useful in your classroom practice as a teacher? So at our school, the High Impact Teaching Strategies is a guide that um, we use. We do something called instructional rounds where we, um, well, I have given out a um, a survey with the um, impacts teaching strategies in it, which are setting goals, structuring lessons, explicit teaching, worked examples, collaborative learning, multiple exposures, questioning, feedback, metacognitive strategies and differentiated strategies. And teachers then uh, pretty much rank themselves of where they would be um, under one of the high-impact teaching strategies. So maybe they're in the embedding stage, maybe they're in their um, um, established stage. So they um, rank themselves under one of the strategies and then they have the opportunity to observe other teachers uh, in a strategy that they would like to improve on and that has been awesome because they get to go and do some peer observations, they uh, look at the great things that are happening in someone else's classroom and then they come out with some ideas and make a commitment to try those ideas in their own classroom. So I think that using that guide has been super helpful Um, The guide also shows you um, what the teacher is doing, what the students are doing, so things that you should be able to see very um, easily in a classroom. So it will give you also a guide of what to do in your own classroom. Um, So having those peer observations, looking at the hits has been fantastic and getting some coaching and um, ideas on how to use the hits in your own classroom has been fantastic and I think when um, teachers are team teaching like I've had the opportunity to do on multiple occasions um, we can also give each other feedback on how we are using some of the areas of the hits. Once we've done that we come back and we do another reflection at the end on how we've um, gone in those hits and in the past when I've used it it's been amazing at how confident um, teachers have become and the um, the visual that we've used, which is like a graph, has really shown that teachers have gained a lot from the observations and choosing a goal um, to look at from one of the high impact teaching strategies. In a new career, it can sometimes be difficult to ask for help. Who should graduates turn to? You know, if you've got a good relationship with the people that you work with in your team, I think that your team leader should be, you know, someone that you should be able to feel comfortable to ask for help because they are in your team. Um, They're probably close proximity in your class classroom. So, you know, if things are going a bit haywire, you, you should be able to rely on them as the person to go to. 
um, along with your team leader, I think the whole collaborative team that you work with, um, there'll always be someone in there who can be supportive to you, who can show you a different way of doing things. Um, so I think that relying on your team, um, you would gain a lot of benefit from. Um, graduate teachers all have a mentor and um, they come in and they don't know their mentors. So I think um, you need to establish that relationship. And once you have that, your mentor, um, and I think, you know, not having a mentor in the same team is a good thing because if you are having trouble in your team, then at least you can go outside of your team, approach your mentor um, by some things that are really bothering you. Um, if you've been allocated a coach, then there is another person that you can go to, um, you know, just another person to talk to, another person to get ideas, another person to problem solve with. Um, so we've got, you know, quite a range of people from different levels from your own team to um, outside of your team to highly experienced people who could um give you some the help, you know, and support that you need. I think you should be able to support, um, to get the support and help any time. So, you know, if you're having a really tough session, you've got your team leader or you've got someone in your collaborative team or you've got someone from leadership who can come and help you. But, you know, during team meetings, they're the times to ask for help. They're the times that, you know, questions um, come up um, you know, and ask those questions. Sometimes you need, you know, help for the very next session. So use your break times, you know, to ask someone um, in your team or a mentor a quick question. Staff meetings are a great um, time that, you know, take that risk. It's really hard when you're a grad. But, um, you know, try and be a risk taker. And if you're not sure about something that's been explained and, you know, in the department we use a lot of acronyms and sometimes we don't all feel that we can um, say, what what was that again, you know, what what's, um, you know, PSD, what does that mean? And so, you know, put your hand up in a, st in a staff meeting and ask, you know, what is that? Um, we have this thing sometimes that we say, no question is a stupid question. Um, if you're thinking it, guaranteed other people are thinking it as well. So, um, yeah, during the lesson and always, you know, go up to someone and say, I need help with. And as soon as you say that, you know, you'll get the support. And if they can't help you straight away and it's something that can wait, then just, you know, say, can I see you after school? Just make an appointment, you know, because sometimes after school isn't a good time for everybody. But or can I see you at lunchtime or, you know, go for a coffee at the coffee shop if there's one close by and, you know, have that time to um, really discuss any problems that you're having because the worst thing is to come back to a, a class, to go back the next day and you've still got that problem which if you only spoke about it with someone and got the help... Um, it would just seem um, the load on your shoulders is a lot lighter. And finally, give us your words of wisdom. Well, I think patients, teachers need to be super patient people, patient with your students and you will have a lot of them in your grade 
um, or wanting you or wanting different things from you. So patience with your students, patience with your parents of the students. And once again, you will have a lot of those. So patience with your parents who all want a piece of you and they think that their child is the only child in your grade, of course. So be very patient with them and patience with patient with the people that you work with because everyone is just as busy as you are and everybody's going through pretty much the same thing and sometimes we just have to stop and think um, that uh, we are all, um, I hate to use the word time poor, but um, it's really difficult. So I think be really, really patient with, with people. Um, never give up on your students. Students will always show some some sort of growth, whether it is that they couldn't write their name and they can write their name, whether it is that, you know, they weren't um, saying hello to someone and now they are, I think, never give up on them because you will have made a difference at some um, point of the year. Um, never give up on your parents. Parents are sometimes really tricky because um, you will have times where things don't go right and parents do have high expectations of you and sometimes they don't necessarily come to the party. So um, keep trying, keep trying with parents, try and get signatures for consents if they're not consenting, try and get them um, to, you know, read with their kids, just constant reminders um, will show the parents that you really care for them. So never give up on them and never give up on your team, um, I think is really important as well because your team is there for you and um, you are there for them. And the one probably um, that I uh, love the most is always have a sense of humour. There is always something funny that will happen through your day. Um, and the best thing about teaching, I think, is that every hour something different happens. So you can be in a really bad mood one minute and then a child will say something funny, do something funny, and it'll just change the way um, your lesson runs and it'll change you to switch from being a cranky teacher to a fun, you know, teacher. And so if you can see the humour in a lot of the things that frustrate you, um, you know, you will finish the day, you'll end the day in uh, a better a better way, better mindset, um, and you will enjoy your job because um, there will be things that frustrate you. But if you can see the funny side of a lot of things, um, it just makes... Um, I think your life, your job, uh, really enjoyable. And that's it for the Graduate Teacher Learning Series podcast. Thank you to our guests for sharing their experiences and thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.